Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Jetpacks are overrated. Welcome to another Jetpacks are overrated. I'm Seamus Byrne. We've talked about virtual and augmented reality a few times over recent uh, weeks, months. I guess it's on my list of things that are not all that overrated, but perhaps misunderstood. So today we're talking to a VR practitioner about how they're working in augmented reality and putting it in the real world with some help from smartphones and even 5G technology. Simone Klo is the CEO of Virtual Immersive, a company that produces a lot of commercial VR and AR content for companies to create cool experiences on phones or in stores and at special events. Simone came to the immersive tech industry from a long career in visual effects production for film and TV and co-founded Virtual Immersive in 2017. She's got lots of interesting thoughts on where we're at now, where things might go next, and that potential for 5G at offloading a lot of that heavy lifting to make our VR and AR gear get a lot more comfortable to use. Let's dive in. It's funny, I've I've touched on sort of this space a couple of times, but it is something that just keeps coming back. It is kind of, I think, so important. And, you know, I from past episodes, people would know that I'm, yeah, a bit of a nerd about it myself. So I do love it. And I keep hoping for that breakthrough moment. But it seems like the kind of work that that you're doing with Virtual Immersive is exactly that kind of thing that helps people to, uh, you know, to actually kind of get their chance to sample it without necessarily having to invest in, you know, their own uh, thousands of dollars worth of equipment. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, in terms of augmented reality, everyone can access it now via the smartphone. So I think that's why we've seen a greater, probably a greater adoption of augmented reality than virtual reality in recent times. Although soon enough, as soon as the headsets, the VR headsets become cheaper, um, and they're mobile and not tethered to really expensive um, computer equipment, um, that's going to become more accessible as well. Yeah, I think, and look, I think we can definitely dive into some of that nice, fun speculation stuff um, a little later. But I think the, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear more about how you got into it because looking at your background, very kind of VR and effects space within like the, the film industry and stuff like that. So, you know, how how did you get into that? And then, what was that moment where you sort of went, actually, I want to start playing with, you know, VR and AR? 
Well, that's right. I actually had two moments. But, yes, I've been um, decades as a producer for film and television. You know, I've worked around the world. I've worked on Hollywood films. And it was only in 2016 when I was pretty, you know, I'm pretty old. I was 49 then. And I went into uh, the office of a friend of mine and he was working on a VR project and I put on the Vive and it was a oh my God moment. Like I was totally immersed in another world. Disbelief was completely suspended. And it took what I used to work on, on 2D screens and made it completely immersive, brought it to life. That was the first changing moment uh, because there's still so many parallels between what I was doing and, and what was happening in VR. Um, but when I put on the HoloLens, that's, you would know the Microsoft Mixed Reality yeah. Glasses, that was when I realised that this is the future. This is the way we will communicate in the future. Um, there won't be smartphones. This is the way we will see the world. And that was when I pretty much bet my career on it and that's when um, when I transformed from visual effects into um, new tech but still, you know, with the visual effects bent. And, look, I, I love that thought that at some point, yeah, when we kind of get to that right place that this is something that has the potential to replace, you know, needing to hold a device in our hand, partly because I know the thing I keep thinking about is once that, you know, once that resolution gets kind of higher and higher, then we can have virtual screens anywhere we need them once <laughs> once the, yeah. the headset is able to do that, right? That's exactly right. And look, you know, the thing with um, what I call, what, what I don't call a futurist, I heard talk a few years ago, calls it the box on head syndrome. And that's what we've got with the um, VR headsets. And that's what the AR glasses are at the moment, because so much of the processing power has to happen in the device. Yeah. Now, what happens with 5G is that suddenly we can split the rendering and all of that stuff can happen in the cloud um, and send the information in real time um, down through the network and suddenly you can have a normal pair of glasses that has a little bit of electronics in it but the hard stuff is happening up in the cloud and that's when it will become uh, possible for everyone to use this tech. Yeah, that's it's a really good point. I think the, so I think, um, I think partly the, yeah, how we got in touch is that you've been doing uh, like a project at an Optus store or something like that with, um, showing kind of historic recreations through augmented reality and stuff like that. Um, can you like, yeah, just explain a bit about that? And I, cause I quite love that idea as well of being able to kind of transport people almost through time by setting up a really cool, you know, uh, work like that. Oh, absolutely. It's one of my most favorite use cases for AR, historical takeovers, because it literally brings history to life. Um, so if you think of augmented reality, um, which is a, a digital layer over your view of the world, in a historical takeover, it's that digital layer is a, an historical layer. And uh, we worked with Optus on George Street when they were launching 5G in their George Street store to basically do a historical takeover of George Street. So people could stand on George Street and see it in today, but when they looked through their lens, so through the Samsung phone, um, it completely transformed it historically correctly and tracked accurately to what it was like in 1900. So there were trams, horses and carts, people walking. The whole scene was transformed. 
Um, and we also did. You could use the uh, toggle and go to what we thought it might look like in 2035 with wind turbines and greenery and futuristic <laughs> So it was, it's a really cool use case for how, and all of those graphics, heavy graphics, were coming down um, from the web um, using 5G. And, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It feels like it's like going backwards in time when there were trams and it's like, oh, we finally got some trams again. Crazy town. But, yeah, so, well, it's, it's so, I love that. Like I love the idea that if you could go to the Coliseum, and um, see that come to life, you know, the gladiators down on the um, centre stage and the um, stands filled with Romans. I think it's just it, it allows people that don't necessarily have the ability to visualise to visualise. And, yeah, I mean, the Colosseum's a good example too, isn't it? Because there's been, I remember, you know, I've been lucky enough to have visited there and done a tour and and it's like you're seeing there's kind of all the, the stonework on the on the ground because they were like, well, that what used to be the like the main arena floor is kind of not there anymore, and so this is all these kinds of under areas, and they could almost bring that to life to kind of show you what it might have been like. And even when they I remember at one point they were telling us they held like like water battles, and you know, and you're like, how would they fl- how would they flood this place with water? Like, I don't and actually see how it works. It's such a great use case. Like think Pompeii as well. Like just literally at that moment, what was happening at the moment that the um, volcano erupted and just see what life was like before it was um, was stopped. So I think it just brings it, it brings history to life. I love augmented reality for that reason. Mm. And then there's, sorry, I'm just happily kind of playing with this theory that you know, when we think about stuff like, you know, Google Street View or different kinds of tech where right now, you know, you kind of can tell when you're, you know, if you're trying to look at it on your phone, you can tell it takes, each picture kind of takes a little while to load in. But if that was faster, then you could almost have that more real-time experience standing on the street, but then seeing, you know, those photos that were captured, I mean, even in the Google Street View context, it's like a lot of these photos are just a couple of years old, but there could be an entire kind of depth of archive attached to that same sort of data set. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? I hadn't thought of that, but absolutely. That's that's amazing. You could literally stand on one uh, or walk down one street and toggle through the different eras and see how it changed, you know. There you go. You can right. have the, you can have that idea for free. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so, you know, like what, what's your perspective on this whole kind of emerging industry? Because there's definitely that idea where there's, you know, there's, there's not that many companies, but I'm sure there's also not that much work in the space yet. Like how is it, is it quite a collegiate atmosphere in terms of trying to create this sort of work at the moment? Oh, very much so. You know, it is, it's very collaborative. Um, and, and I really love that, you know, there's not that many, um, companies working in the tech and those that are there, we all know each other. We're all very collaborative. We all, um, and we all share tech. We're not holding it close to our chests. Um, and I think that's a really, really nice way to, to, uh, work together. Um, and it's, it means that the industry is very positive. Um, uh, we have a lot of women working now in AI and VR. Um, and we've got uh, the Women in VR, AR organization. 
Um, so I think that's important as well to make sure that we're getting a lot of females up through the ranks. Um, but it's not a flash in the pan. This is technology that is here to stay and it's becoming more and more adopted um, by the masses every day. And um, I think that's only going to get more uh, obvious as time moves on. Yeah. So, I mean, from your perspective, as someone who kind of cares about this as a creator, what what was your thought when the the whole kind of Pokemon Go explosion happened and people sort of, I guess, experienced some of that AR stuff for the first time through that kind of tech? Uh, do you want to know the truth? That happened. Pokemon Go was before I even knew what AR was. Ah, so that was part of your intro. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are my kids doing? Why why are they running all around with their phones collecting? I didn't even understand it. Um, so that was well before my um my <laughs> introduction. It's funny that it's been that long. I know, right? I know. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, and so what are, are you seeing any other kinds of things that have kind of popped up that you know that has helped to kind of pique people's interest because it's sort of there's a bit of a popular crossover or is it kind of still in that little kind of slow boil phase no look i think definitely um there's obviously in its most basic form snapchat is is ar so you know everyone's using that um and the instagram filters and the facebook filters so those social um, filters are all augmented reality and they're really widely adopted. We do a lot of retail work where um, there's lots of, you know, scavenger hunts and the sorts of things that we do to bring people, well, prior to COVID, to bring people back into um, the retail centres and give them an incentive to be there. Um, I think that certainly we're going to see retail change a lot um, with 5G, in fact, we're doing um, uh, work with Optus, which we're launching next week, showing what the future of retail is going to look like once 5G is unveiled, um, and again, in augmented reality, um, because it's not just about heavy graphics, it's also about real-time information. So if you think about um, being able to work, walk into a shopping centre and everything is personalised for you based on your preferences in your profile so you're getting localized offers you can scan uh, um, say a magazine article you like a pair of shoes scan those shoes and it says oh we have this is the closest we have to those shoes they're here you can get them in this shop um, five meters up there Um, things like uh, scanning an item in a shop and being told it's sourcing information via blockchain so how were those materials sourced? Um, you know, Indian cotton, buttons made out of recycled plastic from Vietnam, you know, being able to make informed purchasing decisions. All of these use cases are actual utilities. It's not a gimmick. It's real-life um, applications for this tech. And I think once 5G comes out, we're going to see a lot more of that. And look, I think that's a really good way to think about it too, because sometimes I think when the focus is on like, you know, that particular shop can, you know, sort of give you an offer and it, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're in a phase at the moment where people get a bit creeped out with some of the tracking stuff. But if it's that idea of it's more like it's a personalized shopping device, like, you know, it's it's something that you control and that is actually looking at something sitting in a shop window and able to tell you, Actually, uh, you you can get that item 
for cheaper, you know, in somewhere the, else, yeah, you know, down the street. That's right. Or it's in your size. Or, yeah. Um, or you find out, you know, if you if you are, and I think we are a bit more aware now of of how and where our items are sourced yeah um having that information but you know even being able to see how something works you look at a product on a shelf and you go how does that work i can use my phone scan that item it will tell me how it works you know all of this stuff is is possible um with augmented reality and with real-time updates Mm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And so is is a lot of this going to still be reliant on things like, you know, like QR codes or different things? Or is that idea of sort of the object identification, is that is that sort of on the horizon where, you know, just being able to sort of, you know, that that photo or I guess with now that our cameras even have like depth perception in them that it will be exactly. able to. It'll be object recognition. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's it then. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, I don't have to hope that the store <laughs> has the code no. set up. Yeah, exactly. No. And and you know it's it's the technology just is moving at such a fast pace. Yeah. So what are some of your kind of you know most excited things for the future? You kind of mentioned that idea of how the headsets will you know will transform somewhat so that we can start to even. I like I, one thing I know I've heard about, but I'm still not sure exactly how it'll play out. Is that idea that our our capacity for augmented reality could potentially then still have like full immersive virtual reality, even in the same kind of headset or something like that. Yeah, that's right. So I think, um, you know, again, you have to look at them differently. So virtual reality obviously is complete immersion where you you are not seeing any of your real world. You're completely immersed in, in another world, augmented reality being that layer over your view of the world. So I think with both of them, certainly 5G is going to help us because we're, suddenly we don't have to have that big box on the head like I said before. Mm. So if you think of virtual reality, I mean, being obviously a visual effects geek as I am, <laughs> ability to in like in my world when I used to make films it would take many computers you know sometimes overnight to render one single shot which was only you know 180 um and now we render 360 in real time 
to be able to do that with a mobile headset untethered in virtual reality would just be so exciting because it's literally this world is rendering around you um, in real time. It's really exciting. Um, and you can you can walk around. You're not tethered to these big computers anymore. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, I, I still think for me the augmented reality glasses, when they become mainstream, that is when the world will change. Yeah. And look, can, we, can you geek out on that um, the sort of technical stuff for a moment? Because I love to sort of think those tools that you used in your know, visual effects and things, like is it pretty much the same tools just being able to extrapolate in different ways? Like how, how was that sort of shift in tools for you as someone who had that sort of background? Oh, completely separate tools. Yeah, so, right. Um, yeah, completely separate. So all of the tools that we used in the past um, oh, well, yes and no. So Unity and Unreal Engine are the tools that we use to build real-time experiences. Um, but we still use um, Maya and those those 3D tools um, offline to create assets that we yeah. then bring into the real-time engine. Um, but it was certainly a learning curve. And when you, when you work in film, it's a very, very rigid pipeline. Um, and I found that working with teams that usually came from games was a bit like the Wild West, to be honest. You know, they just worked at such a fast pace and it was in a less disciplined way. So one of the things that I've done at Virtual Immersive is to merge those two ways of working because we have visual effects team. The way we are able to get really high-quality real-time work to feature film level is by taking a lot of the crew that we used to work with on film. So we're basically merging film people and games people into the same team to um, have an outcome that works like a game but looks like a film. So that's, you know, that's that's been what my focus has been on the last couple of years is getting that pipeline to work. That's awesome. And then how, uh, with things like that, uh, you know, that historic project there on sort of the, on George Street in Sydney, um, when you're talk, taking something like, you know, old photos of trams and things like that and then trying to convert those into 3D objects, you know, I mean, what kind of thinking goes into making sure that, you know, it's not just a, a you know, a, a flat 2D tram kind of rolling past, but that you actually kind of give it that. Absolutely. Well, actually, for that, we went to the um, the powerhouse and um, photo scanned the actual tram from that era. Awesome. So, actually, it is it is the um, correct tram and its uh, geometry is 100% correct because of the photo scanning. So, you know, there's there's various different ways of, of, of um, creating... Uh, well, recreating historical scenes. Um, you know, some of the the two D people we uh, we created people from film, um, putting them on cards in the background. So you know, there's a bunch of little tricks that that we do to to make a scene come alive. So, any last thoughts on this combo of five G and VR and AR coming together? You know, how soon do you feel like that's going to really start um, changing people's experience of of this tech? 
Well, definitely. As soon as we see 5G rolled out, we'll see a lot more real time. Um, we'll see a lot more use of VR headsets, mobile headsets, and we'll see a lot more uh, use of augmented reality. I think glasses coming out is that look, all of the You've got Google, you've got Apple, you've got everybody working on those at the moment. Um, but, you know, 2023 is probably a good guess for that. Um, but I think, you know, this, remember um, the stereoscopic technology, the old 3D televisions a couple of years ago, maybe eight years ago that were a thing? Yeah. That was a in the pan technology. People adopted it for a minute. Um, this technology is not, this is definitely here to stay. And once those AR glasses come out, they will be replacing phones. I am sure of it. I know, you know, obviously the networks are kind of out there now. There's a bit of that chicken and egg problem, isn't there, sometimes when we kind of need the, the network to be, you know, in place for people to then uh, even be able to start kind of putting the apps and things out there in order to, to show what's possible. I can't, I'm thinking back to when uh, when we were first moving from like dial-up to broadband and some people were still back then saying like, oh, what are we going to, wh- what's broadband really going to be helpful for? But things like Skype couldn't even exist until we had uh, the network out there in place. So obviously, you know, we're starting to get these 5G networks in place, but we kind of need it to keep spreading so that the experts and people like yourself can kind of have more time to really play with it and then release things out to the world, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the phones that we're seeing coming out at the moment, Samsung's released um, 5G enabled. Um, I think Apple are releasing 5G enabled later this year. So the the actual hardware is coming. Um, the networks are rolling out as we speak. So they'll they'll come together um, at some point in towards the end of the year. Um, I mean, I think Optus Stadium in in Perth is is rolling out 5G as well. So that's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Um, creating augmented reality experiences for fan engagement. You know, that's a whole new excitement that I'm really looking forward to. Um, I want want augmented reality queuing so that I can kind of say, okay, augmented reality system, this is my spot in the queue. Let me know when I need to come back so that... uh... Well, it's funny you should say that, actually. We've just been um, talking to a company in the States about, you know, when you release new games and they people line up till midnight? Yeah. And well, we can't do that because of the COVID restrictions. So we're looking at um, at digital queues now and how to entertain digital queues. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you know, wherever you look, technology has a role to play. Yeah, awesome. Look, Simone, thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, give your website a plug. Where can people kind of go and check out all the stuff that uh, that your company does? Oh, virtualimmersive.com.au. Thanks again to Simone Close, CEO of Virtual Immersive. I'm Seamus Byrne. This is Jetpacks Are Overrated, part of the Biteside Podcast Network, and we will catch you again real soon. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.